Hi, I'm Steve. I'm Erin. And I'm Daniel. And we're the Verbal Reasoning Podcast. Three friends with professional scientific backgrounds. Talking about all things under the sun in the most digestible way. Enjoy. Enjoy. Uh, Did you you watch it, yeah? First of all, did you watch the debate or...? Yeah, I did. I actually, I actually put an alarm. So I fell asleep. Uh, I went to bed early at like 10 and I put an alarm uh, and mm. then I watched, uh, I watched the debate and then fell back asleep. Uh, it was kind of, uh, I don't really know if it was worth it, but uh, <laughs> just you were just so confused. Funny. Yeah, I was just, I know, because I was also watching it on my phone. It wasn't even on a laptop or anything. So it was just me like, you know, getting in, getting epilepsy from all these flashing lights and then kind of curled up in my bed. So I'm not sure how much I absorbed. But not that there was much to absorb. I think if you wanna if you wanna get the full Donald Trump experience, you gotta be like you know live tweeting as you're as you're watching him, as so you're yeah. joining really in on the jokes. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. That's the best way to watch Trump. He's just like he's ridiculously hilarious. What time was it? Like what, what, what UK time? It was. I put the alarm. Let me. I need to check my alarm schedule. I can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was, it was late enough for you to not even yeah. realise what it time was, it was. Uh, it was it was pretty early on. Uh, it was what one? I think I set my alarm at one a.m. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, That's but maybe. Uh, so no, sorry. Yeah, so it started at two a.m. It started at two a.m. And then let me put it this way: at the end of it, like just quick wrap up, like what was going through your mind, like before you were going to sleep, were you crying? Were you ecstatic? No, man. It was. Uh, I felt. I felt so sorry for the. Um, I felt so sorry for the moderator, uh, Wallace from from Fox News. He was. I think he was trying to. I think moderators get a lot of shit for yeah. uh, not being able to keep control of the crowd. But when you got like these two idiots, uh, I I don't blame him. Like his job is just to moderate the discussion, not the behavior of the candidates. Uh, and I felt really bad for him. Yeah, but he, was, he was trying to be like a big man, like, "Oh, you guys, shut up!" Yeah, <laughs> none of them was having it. You know, there was one point where he was like, "I'm sorry, I'm raising my voice, but I have to raise it because you know you two are speaking so loudly." And he was trying to be really polite about it, the whole thing, which is funny. Yeah, you know what's funny? It was um, so basically. Donald Trump must have agreed that like, you know, everyone's going to get two minutes. You talk for two minutes, uninterrupted and so on. And the whole time he just kept buying in over, you know, Biden or whatever he was saying. And so Biden, you know, he obviously said his, oh, why don't you just shut up, man, sort of thing. And when the moderator goes to him, look, you, had, you said, okay, to two minutes uninterrupted, but you keep talking. He just turns around and goes, but he's talking too. He's talking too. He's talking all the time. And I was like, bro, you're like, you're like an infant. What do you mean he's talking too? He's doing it too. Like, just shut up for two minutes and let the other guy speak. It was just so funny to watch. He's like a little baby throwing like his toys out of the pram when you tell him stop interrupting. Yeah, it's very funny because like, I don't know. I, I thought like maybe he was putting these things on, but that exposed it. Like that was his true feelings. Do you know what I mean? Like, but it's so weird. I, I, I don't know, Aaron, if you've got a clip you want to play. For us to just review. Yeah, so um, this, this little clip is of the moment that uh, Joe Biden just basically tells him to shut up because he's had enough. Vote now. Make sure you, in fact, let people know you're a senator. I'm not going to answer the question Why because, you that because question? the question you is, the question is, the question left. Will you who shut is up, on, man? Listen, who is on your list, Joe? This Who's is on your so right. Gentlemen, I think this we've is ended so this. We have ended this segment. We're going to move on. To- <laughs> I, I yeah. hear it. 
I feel like you know that that um uh curb your enthusiasm music that should just start playing over towards the end because it was just like what are you doing man it was it was just like such it was like an argument you have with your family at the christmas table or something yeah, like yeah. that it was just like ah oh, will you just like shut the shut the fuck up now yeah. <laughs> it was like it was just, just like, move on to the turkey yeah <laughs> yeah exactly it's so it's just i think it's funnier as well that i mean i don't think it would have been as funny if they were both like really old men i felt if like if it was a young person telling someone else to shut up it would have come across as a bit of a dickish move but i think it's just because they're like two old senile men it was just like ah shut up man it was like they're in a care home you know playing a game of uh, cards or something Uh, i don't know if uh, you've seen the the post we put on our on our instagram account but it pretty much summarized it where two old men were like fighting each other The um, old men yell yells at old man and it was just like <laughs> it, it, that's uh you know what i picked up from that there, yeah he trump rang up the far, like the far left and how like uh joe biden's abandoning the far left like what do you think he meant by that really do you think there is a far left in america and well, do you think like they, yeah. they are trying to move away from it i think um i think within like the democratic party it's definitely there's definitely a split which is emerging i think you've kind of got the the Bernie, I mean, that's why Bernie Sanders' endorsement of Biden was so important for the Democrats, because uh, I think uh, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez, I don't think she actually said that she endorsed Biden during the, the Democratic convention. Um, and she kind of represents the more socialist wing of the party. So that split is definitely starting to emerge. And I think I think Trump is definitely trying to play into that, because he also, I mean, during the debate, he put like quite a lot of jibes out at Biden for disagreeing with uh, Bernie Sanders uh, as well, which I thought was really interesting because he was like, right. oh, like he's trying to bring the whole socialist thing of healthcare basically into the discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an interesting point actually, uh, trying to kind of find cracks within the Democratic uh, Party. For me, it seems like there's a battle of the extremes. <laughs> like it's it's Antifa versus, what, what's the other one called? Young Boys or Old Boys? Uh, young proud, Boys is a football uh, team. Boys. Sorry, proud, I'm, so- I'm sorry, boys. Young Boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think they're quite quite the same in terms, of, in terms of what they do. But do do you think like do you think there is an extreme element to the left in the US uh, when it comes to Antifa? Uh, does that link to the Democratic Party? Do do, do you think there's a link there? Or there is def- there is a link. Uh, I don't know how strong it is. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, because I think I think one thing that's important to remember is that in the US. The US version of left wing is really not the European version of left wing. Uh, you know, you still, you know, you still have de- you have a lot of Democrats. I'm Joe Biden included, who you know supports uh, to some degree people having weapons in their houses, having a shotgun in the house without a license. And that in Europe, you know, if you to go to a very let's say the most socialist countries, which are like the Scandinavian countries, that, that's not even a question that, that's on the agenda. So. Uh, it's kind of hard to to gauge. I feel unless you you live in the US. Let me let me put it this way, yeah. My dad's uh, you know very left wing man from Turkey. You know he he was doing the whole you know red flag thing back in the fifties sixties. So for him, you know Joe Biden might as well be right wing. Like he might as well just be a big fascist because he's like you know that guy is not <laughs> left wing to people from that region. You know it's a regional thing. Like in America, yeah. saying that someone should have uh, you know, free healthcare or whatever is seen as like voodoo magic communism or whatever, which was what it was referred to yeah, as by yeah. one woman. But 
you know, it's like, uh, it just depends on how far on the left you are, mm. depending on your country, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. But I, I've got the feeling like America, like the people are quite split to the ends. Like pe- people who used to be in the middle are now forced to be pushed towards uh, the extreme right or the extreme left. Because like Trump is just an extreme right What kills right me is they're all on the right anyway. Like for me as well. I just think they're all on the right. They're just, one of them slightly more on the left of the right and the other one's more on the right of the right. But they're still all on but, the right. They all uphold the same capitalist and imperialistic, imperialistic systems within okay, their nation. Yeah, if so if you're like, talking in that sense, yeah. But like obviously when it comes to left and right, there's like the social topics, etc. I, I think the left is pretty left when it comes to social topics. Like, um, so yeah, I, I think with like, I mean, the, I was really interesting. I watched like a bunch of videos to see what Bernie Sanders' reaction was to the debate because um, he's probably like the most prominent, what we would call like left-wing socialist figure in, in American mm-hmm. politics. Uh, and I mean, just hearing him speak about the because healthcare came up in the debate, and Biden was saying that you know he would support people who were still you know had private insurance for healthcare. While at the same time, he said it was important that, you know, we're able to provide a greater deal of health care to people who can't afford it. Because I think in, in the U.S., there's, forget the figure that Sanders quoted, I, th- I think it's close to 90 million people are uninsured or don't have access oh, wow. to uh, to health, their health care needs, which is, which is huge. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, when this came up, Trump, basically, he was kind of using the whole thing of, uh, oh, yeah, but you're, you know, you're a socialist Biden and you're not going to allow, you know, you're basically tackling the private insurance companies. Like it was a bad thing. Like having universal health care is bad. You know, yeah, that, I that, don't, I don't that get for it. me is a, con- yeah, that for me is a concept that like as a, as a European, uh, you can't grasp because in all of, you know, all the the EU five countries, at least, uh, we all have universal healthcare systems. You, you know what gets me here is that like the, their argument is that oh look they're going to take away our right to buy healthcare. Well, if you want to get private, go get private. They're not going to take it away from you. Like I, I don't get the argument behind it. And what, what gets me most, I'm sorry, is when they always go back to Britain. They're like, oh the healthcare here is rubbish, blah blah blah. I'm like, well, what are you on about? Like, do you know what I mean? We probably have better healthcare than them, to be honest. I, I, I don't know. There's a lot of propaganda and like fake news. Think- yeah, I think it's crazy that I think I actually think like the NHS in the UK is just I think it's like the best service you can have. I mean, imagine like you just break, I mean, you break your arm and you just walk in and it's fixed and yeah, for I've, free. I've you don't pay my hand and I had like yeah. an operation the same day for free. If that was in back home or, you know, in America, they'll be like, OK, first of all, wait, where's a hundred grand? Oh, you ain't got yeah, it. Yeah. Well, you're just gonna have to staple that and go home, my friend. That's it. Like yeah. you can't. Do you know what I mean? They're they're not doing anything for you unless you got the money. And it's like, oh, you broke a bone. Okay, now let's talk about how you're gonna be in debt for the rest of your life before yeah. we even fix that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's you can't really compare the two in any way. Like it's I'd say crazy. in the UK, maybe for like small things. Let's say you've got a cold. Yeah, you're gonna wait a long time, mate. Or like, but for serious issues, like if you come in actually, you know, uh, injured and your life's in danger, it's gonna get sorted. And it gets sorted pretty well. Like even me, I had like obviously my I had a face break as well. And I ended up getting surgery the same day, et cetera. And it was like super efficient. They've done quite a good job. It's just like, I, I don't know why Americans are. They're just crazy. Connor, it's just a different world. I don't, I don't want to live there. It's a, it's a crazy part. I, think, I mean, one thing that's become really popular in the US now is, um, you know, the sh- biggest healthcare there just costs so much compared to everywhere else in the world is actually trying to shift the healthcare costs onto the employer. Uh, so the whole kind of thing about employee benefits and the employers actually paying a part 
uh, into the insurance, not just for like the basic healthcare coverage, but even more advanced mm-hmm. uh, healthcare. Uh, that's uh, that's something else that's starting to come up now. But yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, to come back to the question about, you know, the, the left wing versus right wing extremes in the US, it, it's really hard to judge because we don't live there. Uh, it's, I mean, on TV, that's what it seems because yeah. the news just kind of gives you the most interesting highlights. Yeah. But I'd like to think that there is like a pie of people that are pretty like normal and pretty moderate. I think kind of see what's happening. But I'm, I'm, I'm like, like, I follow a lot of like American YouTubers and stuff. And it seems like on both sides, so, but, but they, they're, let's say once for fitness and strength or whatever. And it, like the, the image they're portraying on like both sides is that <laughs> like civil war is happening. <laughs> I don't know. Like the right wing guys like, yeah, get your guns ready. Cause you know, after this election, yeah, yeah just get ready in it. And then they get the people on the left are like, yeah, you're going to, we're going to have to fight the fascists. And it's like, why are you, why are you guys just like moving away from yeah. each other in that way? There's no need. I'm actually, I'm actually super scared to see what happens in uh, uh, after the election because I reckon if it's a close race like it was in 2000 between uh, Bush and uh, and Al Gore yeah. and Trump refuses to leave office, I, I could actually see that happening. I could see him losing yeah. the election and refusing to to get out of the White House. I Can I quickly play a clip of uh, Donald Trump when he was asked to condemn the, you know, right-wing groups, you know, as these ones that we've discussed who are saying, you know, we'll pick up guns and we'll, yeah, yeah. they're not going to accept if he's not elected and so on. So let's hear what he had to say. Are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing. Not from the right so wing. So what are you? What are you, you look, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and right wing. Who would you like me to condemn? White supremacists and right Stand back and stand by, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left, because this is not a right-wing problem. This is a left-wing. This is a left-wing problem. White supremacist. Antifa's an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not militia. That's what his FBI, his FBI director said. So what's your thoughts on that? (laughs) It's a (laughs) curveball. It's uh, I, I find it funny that uh, Biden brings up the FBI director because I think uh, if you remember, like a, the first few days that Trump was elected, the first thing he did was fire the FBI director at the time. I think it was oh, yeah, James yeah. Comey. So I find it really funny that the FBI director has kind of come back into the picture now and is uh, providing evidence against white supremacy. I mean, I think white supremacists historically have always been the problem. You've always had the KKK. Uh, historically, which have you know terrorized the the lives of so many people. The police. Uh, yeah, I, I I mean, in terms of Antifa uh, as an organization, uh, I think I mean <laughs> this is kind of where we need to reveal how political we are, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm over to you, Steve. Yeah. You're just getting fired tomorrow. Uh, is my opinion on the whole thing. For me, like, is the uh, Donald Donald Trump. He just exposed himself as a white supremacist, in my opinion, because he he didn't have the like he didn't have the balls to say, oh yeah, you know what, don't do any. What he did, yeah, what he said, what what did he say? Say something like, you know what, stand back and 
but this is the kind of things you tell your friends on a night out when you're about to go on a fight. Like, boys, stand back here. But if, if it kicks off, yeah, jump in. <laughs> so can someone, can someone explain this to me? Isn't Antifa just an abbreviation for anti-fascist? No, I think it's... Am I bugging? What is it? Uh, yes, I, I think it. at this point... Because here's the thing, the way they discuss it is kind of like the boogeyman, you know what I mean? Donald Trump just screams Antifa and then runs away every single time they ask him anything about, you know, what about white supremacists over there? He's completely diverted. But what exactly is Antifa? Like, I don't really know what Antifa is. So in terms of the abbreviation, uh, yeah, it is an anti-fascist action group. Um, And at the same time, it is also a left-wing political movement uh, mm. as well. So I think it's kind of, again, one of these things where I don't know what, I don't know what the origins of Antifa were actually, but I can imagine that it started out as like an anti-fascist uh, sort of movement because of the emergence of the far right. And then as most things do, it just kind of gets bundled in with a bunch of other concepts that have nothing to do with it. The same thing, like the same way, the, the same way the Black Lives Matter movement uh, got bundled in with a bunch of other things. Uh, that it didn't want to be part of as well. So, yeah, I think it's that kind of... Me- and again, I, I think as Steve said, it's just the boogeyman. It's just it's just the kind of label that you would give anyone who is mildly left-wing. You would just but say, I think, oh, it's like Antifa. I think, like, you know how, like, in America, I think it was Oregon that was uh, on fire and Michigan. Uh, there's a lot of states that, that had a lot of trouble recently and, like, self-proclaimed Antifa... Uh, let's say activists were part of the violence and the the rioting. So I I, I looked into the the is it what are they called the young boys? Yeah. Is, is that, right? I, I looked into no 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 proud boys proud boys man I got to stop throwing this football boys, team man. underneath yeah, it's not the, the football <laughs> team. <laughs> the proud boys. So I looked into it to see who are the proud boys, and it's kind of like a similar story to Antifa, where first it started off as a honestly just a drinking club for conservatives, and then obviously with the election coming up and uh, more like uh, Black Lives Matter happening, they started introducing elements of the f- like extreme far right, the violent far right. And so it became what it is today seen as a violent uh, right wing uh, white supremacist organization. And I think Antifa had the similar kind of story where at, maybe at first it was kind of like anti-fascist, people got together to protest, but then the violent left started getting involved and it now is labeled as it is because of those actions. So it's one of those ones like no one is Antifa, but everyone is. And it's the same with uh, the other side as well. Well, maybe they're more proclaimed, but um, it's the tough one. That's why I think like America's quite fractured and quite extreme because on both sides, mm. they have the same kind of extreme reaction. And this, to be honest, this is just showing like, <laughs> I don't know, man, the way it's looking, it's going to be another civil war. Uh, let's hope not, but... No, I think that's a bit. I think that's a bit extreme, man. I think that with I Americans, I don't think so, man. We say yeah, that Americans but I don't think are so. so they they like to loudly proclaim things, but realistically speaking, you know, I don't think even if Trump was to lose, which I'm not too certain he will, but if if Trump was to lose, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal, man. I I, I don't think they're going to laugh. Uh, if, they're going to cry about loses. it for a couple of weeks. They're going to do their Facebook posts talking about, oh, you know, they wanted to get rid of Donald Trump because he was getting too close to the truth and stuff like that. You know, just dumb bullshit that's got no, you know, actual <laughs> actual reality to it whatsoever. And then they're just going to move on with their lives, continuing in their little layers, talking about how they're going to make America great again. And that that's about it, really. I don't know, man. We're going to go on, obviously, more clips, but there's points where Donald Trump kind of hints that 
you know, he doesn't want to give a straight answer when he's asked directly, what would you do if, uh, you know, you lose the, the, the election? Or they, they were hinting at the ballot thing, right? And he didn't want to give yeah. a straight answer whether he trusts the ballot. And by him saying that, uh, the mailing ballot... Let me, let me, should I play the here. clip? Should I play the clip? Right, here's, the, here's, here's the clip, hold on. Will you urge your supporters to stay calm during this extended period, not to engage in any civil unrest? And will you pledge tonight that you will not declare victory until the election has been independently certified. President Trump, I'm you go first. I'm urging my supporters to go into the polls and watch very carefully, because that's what has to happen. I am urging them to do it. As you know, today there was a big problem. In Philadelphia, they went in to watch. They were called poll watchers, a very safe, very nice thing. They were thrown out. They weren't allowed to watch. You know why? Because bad things happen in Philadelphia, bad things. And I am urging, I am urging my people. I hope it's going to be a fair election. If it's a fair election, I am 100% on board. But if I see tens of thousands of ballots being manipulated, I can't go along with that. And I'll tell and what, you what, what does from mean, a common sense, does that mean you're going to tell, tell your means. people to take to it the It means screen? you have a fraudulent election. You're and sending you out 80 do? million ballots. They're not, they're not equipped to, these people aren't equipped to handle it, number one. Number two, okay. they cheat. They cheat. Hey, they found ballots in a waste paper basket three so, days ago, and they all had the name right. military ballots. They were military. They all had the name Trump on them. Vice President you think Biden, that's good? Vice President Biden, final question for you. Will you urge your supporters to stay calm while the vote is counted, and will you pledge not to declare victory until the election is independently certified? Yes, and here's the deal. We count the ballots, as you pointed out. Some of these ballots in some states can't even be opened until Election Day. And if there's thousands of ballots, it's going to take time to do it. And by the way, our military, they've been voting by ballots for since the end of the Civil War, in effect. And that's, and that's what's happen, going to happen. Why was it not? Why is it for them somehow not fraudulent? It's the same process. It's honest. No one has established at all that there is fraud related to mail-in ballots. Right. So that was what they both, that was what they both responded to basically being told, will you accept the results? Uh, first thoughts. I'll give this one to you, Seth. Go on. I find that, uh, I always find it interesting in American politics whenever they bring in the military, uh, because I think it's always, I always feel it's kind of like the, the Trump card almost of, uh, you can't say anything bad against the military uh, because otherwise you because the veteran support is just so strong i don't think it's yeah. something that we i don't think it's something we have in the uk i think i think the equivalent of that in the uk is the national health service you can't really shit on it as a politician uh at all i mean you shouldn't but mm. uh if you mention it in any negative way uh immediately you're shot down uh so i thought that was really interesting i think yeah i mean we we, we talked about it a bit before that you know i mean really i mean actually when you know when the clip was playing i was thinking Realistically, could you imagine armed people showing up to poll booths on election day and preventing people from voting or them shutting down poll booths or anarchy at poll booths? Because I think that's something that is fairly easy to do. All you need is a group of 10, 15 armed people, which is super easy in America. And you can, inter I mean, if the booth is in a remote town where, you know, there's no sort of strong police force or whatever, and realistically, that could happen, right? Yeah, no, definitely. And yeah, I can see that happening in the US. Um. Can I give a bit of context? So according to the Philadelphia Inquirer, not only did the Trump campaign not have any approved poll watches, 
But as of the time of the debate, the polls weren't even open in Philadelphia. So when Donald Trump says that people were kicked out from the you know, polling booths and so on, that's just not true. They, it just can't be true because yeah. the polls weren't open and they hadn't registered any official poll watcher. You can't just send someone off the street and say, hey, go in there and make sure everyone's voting and you know whatever. You have to have people officially registered mm. and the Trump campaign didn't have any registered anyway. So, But clock this, Aaron. Clock, why did they say this? It's because when it, if he does not get into power, he has some credibility in uh, causing a fuss, causing a scene. This is what I meant by like, there's a potential for civil war. He's building his case before it starts. So that when it does happen, and if it's tight, like you said, there's going to be big problems. And already you're seeing armed groups on both sides. You're seeing riots in cities, you know, cities literally on fire, right-wing groups uh, gathering together, you know, causing, beating up people, etc. Like it's not honestly the, the 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 light the match that lights up this bloody like bonfire is so close and Trump is just building wood on top. You know, as I mentioned, you know, like a lot of these uh, MAGA supporters are uh, these guys who just sit on Facebook all day and listen to conspiracy theories and post conspiracy theories and they, you know how I mentioned they're in their little layers and whatnot. When you say stuff like that, when you say stuff like, "Oh no, these people." They're very bad. You know, he's very, he's always very vague about what the bad things, you know, that are happening are. But he says, oh, bad things are happening. You know, oh, they're not fair. They're going to try and cheat. Those people are just waiting for an excuse to be like, oh, yes, see, I knew it. I knew something was up. So when he says this, he knows that his base are going to just lap it up with no actual, you know, inquiry into whether or not it's true. They're just waiting for a conspiracy and he's just handing it to them. It's the same reason why he was so vague with his response to will you condemn right supremacists, why he kept trying to shift it. His base is right white supremacists. It is people who are, you know, conspiracy theorists who, you know, who weirdly love the government, but also are very, very uh, anti-government in the sense that they think somebody is always, you know, trying to do something, a conspiracy against them. But what kills me is Donald Trump is the government. You know, when he says stuff like, oh, these people are doing this, but they're not able to handle this. They're not able to handle that. You're the one in power, mate. What do you mean they're not? Like, you're, you're not an outsider anymore trying to get in. You're in the inside. So your fans, your, I don't even, I don't want to call them fans, like your supporters or whatever, your little cult, they need to understand that <laughs> this man is the president. You're not an outsider that's been, you know, tampered with or at the receiving end of a conspiracy you are the people in power at the moment so if there's any conspiracy really it's coming from trump but why do they feel that way like why do you think they feel like they're the outsiders like in my opinion i think because like they a lot stink of, of bo and they're weirdo weirdos <laughs> and donald trump just just think, speaks to them yeah i think it's just i think it's also this thing i think the mass media the media in america as well is just incredible because i've never i mean if you just go onto like all the the mainstream chat shows uh, in the US just to see like their reactions, you know, be it like Jimmy Kimmel or, um, or what's his face? Um, oh my God, I forgot. Oh, the, the other Jimmy? Knows, uh, the other Jimmy. But I mean, if you go onto those shows, it's just incredible. I mean, they, uh, they are just so uh, in support of the Democratic Party and they're so left wing and it's so polarized. That you know, we don't really have shows like that in the UK. I don't think um, to that extreme. We, I think, you know, we have shows that obviously take the piss out of conservatives, 
um, and more satirical comedy, but really to the extent of going like, oh yeah, you know, we all know that Donald Trump is a liar. To say that on national TV, I think is really provoking. And I think if you, I think Donald Trump kind of presents himself as, you know, the, the, you know, these people that we talked about who kind of are the conspiracy theorists and the people that the media doesn't listen to, he portrays himself as the person who does listen to them and is trying to yeah. give them their moments in the sun. I think it was like, I think it was Ricky Gervais, um, who I re- he said something uh, about the whole kind of American political system, which I really like, so which is, it's kind of, there's no difference now between infamy and uh, being famous. They're, they're exactly the same thing now. That gap no longer exists. And I think what these guys are doing is just, he said, is exactly what the cavemen did all the way back when they were painting walls, which was like just saying, I was here. You know, that's what the mark is. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy times. <laughs> it is. is uh, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, I, I think the US media is very, again, it represents their society. It's quite polarized. You're either watching like you're in this echo chamber of just like left wing news outlets, left wing, you know, media outlets, or you're in an echo chamber of like right wing guns, uh, exactly. right wing, you know, anti-abortion, etc. And there's no like it seems like there's no conversation or productive one between the two. There's no middle ground. And so like you just I just see it. They're just getting, like moving away from each other just slowly but surely. And what Trump did is he just like kicked the door down. And said, "Oh, I don't care if I'm lying." Like, do you know what I mean? Like, maybe the left will always always called them liars, and so the right had to care about it. But now Trump's like, "Yeah, I don't care. Call me a liar. Like, I'm going to keep lying yeah. anyway." So, I, I think yeah. that yeah, it all comes down to like identity politics. I think at the end of the day, and I think I think actually in this in this context, I think the left and the right are both really guilty of playing that card. Uh, I think a kind of attracting masses to the movement uh, is something that like i hate the fact that nowadays for example you people are very quick to judge someone's character as being left-wing or right-wing and Mm -hmm. if you are either left-wing or right-wing it's almost like you know you can't be a friend with that person which i think is completely bogus you know i think if you're someone who's in the labor party you can be friends with someone who's in the tory party at least you could 10 years ago maybe i mean because theoretically I'm sure was... i could be but i'm not going to be so if you're a tory get a fuck away <laughs> whoa 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 you, you want to say something yeah <laughs> no but what i'm what i'm trying to say is uh this whole thing of um and i mean this is a discussion for another time it's also why i really don't uh, i really always hated uh, communism as a thought as well is because uh, it just classes people immediately into you are either the proletarian or the or the bourgeoisie, and there's no middle ground. And you know you can you can be a bourgeoisie and be very compassionate to poorer people. Uh, and I'd say like Bill Gates is like the prime example of that. You know. So you don't uh, want to excuse uh, me. Wait, wait, wait. You don't want to <laughs> eat the rich. Wow. Get out of here right now. Get out of here right now. <laughs> like but I, I said, do, I, I say, do agree with I say, that. Yeah, I do but agree I mean, with that, that because. I get called the, like they go, oh, he's just a communist all the time because I say, oh, the the system we're in right now doesn't work. So when you say it doesn't work, you automatically you have to be some extremist left wing person because you're saying I don't agree with the way this this society is run at the moment. It's not yeah. always like that. It's about it's not black and white. Uh, what's weird in America? In, in in America, like people, anything that's like slightly, you know, uh, for socialism, slightly is labeled communist. 
it's yeah. crazy like like but you're either yeah. like in the right or you're communist it's it's insane but it's just i think the u.s I, that's just something which is so historic for them because of the because of the cold war and then also um you know in europe you know after the second world war socialist and communist sentiment was really high uh, especially in countries like france and italy that had uh, a lot of partisan movements which were socialist uh, movements primarily uh it was kind of, you know it was and I, in fact the european union at the beginning it was an american project it was an american project to keep these yeah. countries together and away from the influence of the soviet union um and i think the the us has always kind of had that historically of it's it's us for i mean that's why in films the baddies are always the russians you know in the old films yeah um, yeah yeah that's the thing so i think again like maybe in the uk we can't comprehend it as much because, I mean, the UK did have, uh, you know, in the 30s and after the war, it did have a very communist or I'd say socialist movement. And, I mean, the foundation of the NHS happened after the Second World War. And that was, I think, the, the most socialist policy that was ever implemented in the UK yeah, historically. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think it's difficult for us to comprehend. Uh, but yeah, I get what you mean, though, in the US. It's just you mentioned like one thing which appears normal to us. And uh, it's just like this this ultra uh, ultra yeah. left-wing ideology yeah it's, it's again it, it all comes back around to going towards extremes like in america like if you have any opinion you have to identify with extreme opinion otherwise you're left like stranded in no man's land <laughs> that's how i feel it is it's, it's like for, uh, but, but what, what gets me is what, what do you think of so okay trump for me white supremacist okay whatever People argue, get off our, get out of here. Like, I don't, I don't want you to listen to our talk. I'm joking. I listen to us. But do you think that Joe Biden really cares about like the race issues in America? Or do you think he's pandering towards, uh, for example, like Black Lives Matter, etc.? I think Joe Biden, to be honest, is, I kind of, I sympathize with the guy a lot because he is trying to appease a lot of different sides in this, uh, in this presidential election, because he is essentially trying to win over the, what would you say, not the moderate voters, but the swing voters, right? He's trying to win them over. So it's very difficult to win over swing voters if you are placing yourself uh, on so many issues within the left-wing camp, right? Uh, I think that, you know, a lot of people kind of were complaining about him as being the Democratic candidate of choice. I actually think he was the only guy who could win against Trump out of all the Democratic candidates. I think Sanders would have been eaten alive completely. Why? He would have just, Why would you say because that? He, because Sanders would have just been dubbed as the socialist extremist. You know, he would have been the guy who brought way too much change. Uh, all his, I mean, I agree with his policies, don't get me wrong, but to the average American citizen, I... They're in a completely different. You, you got to remember, we're dealing with Americans here, right? So <laughs> but, we're not. Like, this isn't the brightest bunch, you know. What I mean? and, and, and <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I think Joe Biden is like he's that. You know, he's democratic first of all. Because I mean, Joe Biden, when you look at him as a candidate, he could also be like a very sort of centrist Republican quite easily for, as well. For me, he's just Hillary, Hillary light. That's it. They they fall in the same camp, really. They both got many skeletons in their closet if you go look back far enough you know they're, they're both people who've got their you know hands in some right wing pockets as well if we're keeping it entirely honest they you know the, i think at least with bernie sanders you kind of knew what you were getting i think as you said with uh, joe biden he is you could classify him more as like a tony blair-esque figure where he's not necessarily yeah. in a left-wing well technically left-wing party but 
he's not really the guy. If you think left wing, you don't think you don't think Joe Biden. My, my question is, my yeah. question is though, like you say that um, obviously Bernie's too much for the American public, but then why did Trump crack it? Why did Trump, who's like the, the other way? So uh, for me, I see Bernie and Trump as the same same kind of archetype, the extreme of the party, the the mm. the, the, the the part of the party that no one looks at. If Trump could crack it, why can't someone who can crack the matrix on the Should Democrats? I tell you why? Should I tell you why? It's very simple. Donald Trump is not very bright, okay? He has a dumb demeanor. He's more relatable than somebody who's on the left who's like, oh, I'm so intelligent. Look at my intelligence. You can relate more to a guy like Donald Trump who just says and does whatever the first thing that comes to his brain is. He was mm. behind on the polls until that video or the sound recording of him came out saying, uh, yeah, I just grab him. You know, when he done that, people actually was like, oh, yeah, this is the guy for me because they feel like he's one of them. Despite him being a billionaire, he doesn't have an air of pretentiousness about him. He's just got an air of, yeah, I'm just like you guys. He's not, but he, he can play that role. Yeah, you know, I want to lads. You know what I mean? I want to lads. He's got, he's got that sort of vibe about him. But he's not. He's a billionaire. He's nothing like you. But so, so you're the telling problem me like, with the left in America yeah, as well is that they're very pretentious. We touched on that a little bit earlier where we said like with the media and everything incredibly pretentious this is supposed to be like the ideology of the working class but then you've got a bunch of these middle class people and these rich celebrities who you know very uh, what's the what's the word i'm looking for here it's, it's not genuine it's like a very every now and then i'll do an instagram post to show that i'm with the people and then i'll jump into my limousine and drive away as i drink champagne like kiss a black baby then run like yeah yeah yeah, a bill, socialist. yeah a bill clinton vibe yeah. you know what i mean like but then you'll bring out laws that directly affect minorities so it's like there's an air of pretentiousness with the left which means that you know your average working class person isn't gonna feel like they can relate to you but with the right they'll be coarse they'll be loud they'll be you know, they'll just say whatever comes to their mind. And that, that is realistically, that is more relatable if we're being honest. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I completely agree. I think if you look at most like left-wing um, ideologies, if you look at like postmodernism, which started in France in the 60s, these were all very highly educated, very uh, highly intellectual professors at, at French universities. Um, I mean, like, you know, with, post with postmodernism, a lot, I mean, there's a few views that it's kind of like just the continuation of Marxism, which again is, uh, is another ideology um, that kind of stems from someone who's very bright. I think George Orwell termed, you know, the left wing, he uses the word intelligentsia quite mm. a lot. They are kind of the, the intellectuals, as it will. Um, I think also like one, one thing, I think, come back to your point, Steve, about why Trump cracked it and Bernie didn't crack it. I think it's a lot easier to tap into the anger of people than it is into the happiness of a person. I think it's very easy to provoke someone uh, if they say, I mean, if you think about even in your own life, like if someone provokes you by saying a statement, you're much more likely to give a reaction than if someone says a statement that you agree with. You know, no, not even straight. Um, yeah, exactly. If someone says a statement that you agree with, you kind of just nod along. Uh, and I think that's what Trump did. He kind of just tapped into what, what he did was he created a platform for people to demonstrate their grievances with things that secretly they didn't like. However, they knew that, you know, you can't do these things in a normal society because in a normal society six years ago, this stuff wouldn't have been happening in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, absolutely not. But like, what Trump has given them is uh, legitimacy. Uh, and he's kind of made it seem almost like it's normal to have militia uh, organizing themselves like this. Um, are, are you telling me? Are you telling me that if there was a candidate 
that, let's say, weaponize Black Lives Matter and weaponize Antifa as an organization, they would be able to go through. If you know what I mean, like, when I say weaponize, Again, I mean, like, use it in yeah. the same way that Trump used his right wing supporters. Yeah, and in my opinion, he used, I think Trump is smart. Yeah, I, think, I think, I think he, uses he is, but I think also, like, I think at the end of the day, we need to remember that the US is a conservative country, though. It's not a liberal country. I think it's not, it's not that the split is 50-50, in my opinion. Um, it's uh, Fundamentally, it's still very conservative. And I think it's a lot easier to find a conservative person in the US than it is uh, in Europe. Or if you compare Sweden or Norway or the Scandinavian countries, it's the complete opposite over there, where most people there you would term as socialists. Um, yeah, like, I, like I said in the beginning, I mean, the, the US and the people that live within it, nonetheless, they are a capitalist, imperialist nation, and as, no matter how far to the left an American goes, they're still going to be on the right compared to somebody who lives, let's say, in the Far East. That's just the reality of it. They, yeah, exactly. they are, in their core, a conservative yeah. country. I want to ask you a question, though. Like, when it, obviously, race is a big issue in the US um, still to today. How, how much do you, of a sway do you think? Do you think it's the number one and most important topic? Um, how much influence do you think this has in the election coming up? Yeah, I saw, okay, so I saw a news article recently that said that 90% of American voters had already made up their mind on who they were going to vote for. Um, and I don't know how much of that has to, how much of that 90% has to do with race. Um, I think, I mean, I think for sure if, if you're an African-American voter, uh, I think having a presidential candidate who doesn't put down white supremacists immediately places you in the buckets that you're going to vote for. Um, and it's kind of, it's, it's kind of funny as well when you think about, like, if you take the Latino community, for example, in the US, actually, because of maybe the religious elements, actually quite, you could say quite a conservative community, you know, uh, because of the Catholicism elements to it. However, they don't, maybe they don't vote Republican because Republicans don't want them in the country. Yeah. So it's so, it's re I don't know if race is the most important factor in the next coming election, just mm. because there's been so many things that have happened in the, in the last four years. I think it's just, I think it's just a sense of overall frustration for both sides. And mm. I think race, race definitely has something to do with that, but. I think it's just the frustration of the options that they've been given. What do you think, Owen? Yeah, I think on a, on a personal standpoint, I would say race would be the most important thing for me because I'm a minority, for example. So obviously race, racial issues play a massive part in my day-to-day -day life. But if you're an American uh, who isn't in a minority group, which is the majority, your main issue really isn't going to be on race because it doesn't affect you. That's the sad truth. So it'll be more about okay who can bring more jobs in you can you know how, how will this person's actions in the long term affect the economy which will then in turn affect me so it's more economic issues than anything which can obviously be race related as well but you know the sad thing is especially if you're a minority you're stuck now in this in this election in the same predicament that we were stuck in which was that you know you have two candidates or we are stuck in. So we have two candidates with both Keir Starmer and Boris Johnson where neither one really is a good option. In my, this is my personal opinion. is a good option 
to vote for. But it's like, oh, well, this one's just a bit more racist than this one. Or this one just is a bit more dismissive than this one. So vote for me or, you know, your vote is going for, for waste. Like mm-hmm. me personally, I'm not voting in the next election. I don't think any of them deserve my vote. So fuck you. I don't care. I'm not voting. Right? And I know anyone who tries to shame somebody who doesn't vote, particularly African-Americans in America, if they say, look, neither one of these candidates are for me, I'm not going to vote. If you're trying to shame them, then fuck you too. So for me, it's, it's just a case of if you're a minority and you don't want to vote, don't vote. And for you, race is a big issue. And both of these guys, I don't think they're, I don't think they're the ones. If I'm being But do you think this is sustainable? Like, I think this can only happen so much before a group like literally loses it. Because when you just don't have a say, this is how revolutions are born. Like, there will never be a revolution, an armed revolution in America. It's not possible. It's not feasible. Don't even try to attempt it because you will be quashed within a minute. You're so outnumbered, you're so outgunned. If there ever was to be any attempt at any kind of revolution in America, they will literally, they've got lasers that can scratch their ass from space. They are going to kill you within minutes. That, that sort of revolution would never happen but in America. Like, and that's why a lot of these right-wing political uh, you know, organizations and speakers are so confident that they can show their faces so brazenly. They know mm-hmm. they're not going to be you know, uh, upheld to a certain standard by the president. And they know that at the end of the day, if there ever was some sort of war to break out, which is exactly what they want, that they, they've this? got the guns, they've got the military, listen, they've got listen, everything. Listen. I'm going to play conspiracy theory now, yeah? You ready? This is hypothetical. R- race war breaks out or, or some kind of like, sh- there's a group that breaks out and some kind of violence ensues. Yeah, the American government can squash it. But now you have, we've seen Russia uh, attempt to infiltrate uh, elections, etc. And so you, you get like outside groups like China and Russia basically funding, uh, maybe militarizing and providing these groups, whoever it is, the capability to continue the attrition. Do you think that's a possibility? Because America basically does that around the world. Do you think that could happen to America? No. Do you know why that can't happen to America? The average person that lives in, let's say, Belarus or, you know, one of these countries, they don't just own you know, missiles and rocket launchers that they just keep in their house. With Americans, and in particular, those who are more right-wing, you know, so down south, you go into these guys' house, they got more guns than any armory you could find anywhere else in the world. You couldn't just say to, oh, I'm going to influence it from the outside. They've all got guns. Before you know it, you're already getting shot in the head by an AK-47. So, you know, you can't really push. In Belarus, you you can say, okay, here's the military force, here's the police, and here's this other group. I'm going to give them equal amount of weapons and let them fight out. But in America, regular civilians are carrying around rocket launchers. Like you, <laughs> your influence isn't GTA. Like, like, what can you really do? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You can't do anything in that situation. So it's like even the discussion of a, a so-called revolution in America is dangerous because if let's say they did try to start a revolution there, a, a military one, like, a, you know, a, let's pick up our guns and fight. They would lose within a matter of days and a lot of lives would be lost. So that isn't the way forward. Yusuf, what do you think? Like hypothetically in this like <laughs> made up world, do you think it can be put, put to fire? Uh, not an armed revolution, not in the US. Uh, I agree with Aaron on this point. I think it's a, uh, it's a country that has an, an incredible security complex, both homeland security and abroad as well. Even if you are trying to ship weapons into the US, like, I just can't see it happening. Uh, sorry, Steve. Oh. <laughs> but um, in terms, of, I think in terms of 
political revolution. I think something that's really interesting now is uh, seeing what's happening with the Democratic Party, because I could I could see potentially, depending on how things play out in the future, I could see a split happening there where you have a more socialist party which is being formed because they don't they're not happy with the way the U.S. is progressing and they feel that. Uh, they are leaving people behind that I could definitely see whether how many voters it will attract I don't really know um, but I think right now if the Democrats do get into power it'll be interesting to see the balance of centered Democrats and socialist Democrats I think that'll be really interesting and I think that will set the tone for future elections to come so you're telling me there won't be a call of duty based in America you're breaking no, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> By the way, we should probably mention that Donald Trump tested positive for coronavirus. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah we, we haven't talked about this. Yeah. No, yeah, this, this, is, this is a big. Uh, this is a big thing. I mean, basically, what now is being said by the Biden camp is that Donald Trump knew he had coronavirus, but he didn't say anything, and now they're worried that he might have given it to members of Biden's camp, including Biden himself. So really, Donald Trump has decided, uh, you know, I don't want to do no more debates, no more nothing. I'm just going to give this guy coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> you know, biological that, warfare. Yeah. He's played 4D chess. He decided <laughs> I'm going to end this right here, right now. The same man. He's playing, uh, everyone else is playing checkers and he's playing chess. Yes, yeah. exactly, yes. Uh, but it's, uh, actually, I think, so I think Biden tested negative. They tested him quite, I think it was today, and he, and he tested mm. negative. So um, that's good. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah. But I think, uh, well, actually, you know, the whole thing about, uh, Trump testing positive. Two things kind of hit me. One is that uh, Trump weighs 110 kilos, apparently. Mm-hmm. And he's also 1.9 meters tall, uh, which is about the height I am. And if 110 oh, wow, kilos makes you obese at the height of 1.9 meters, I think I need to check my BMI. He looks like he weighs more than 110, though. That's the point. Uh, that's I, I think he's, he's at definitely risk. overweight. He's, at risk. He's, he's, at yeah. risk. he's above he's, 70. He's 74. He's 74 right? years old. He's, yeah. he's obese. obese. Yeah, he apparently just eats KFC. He's yeah, a man. Yeah. He eats KFC Gender is a big every thing. single day. Uh, so he do- and he doesn't diet, so he's not exactly the healthiest human being. Anyway. Yeah, which is why I mean, he was. What was the name of the drug that he was? Was it chloroquine? Uh, hydroxychloroquine. hydroxychloroquine. And it doesn't help, yeah. by the way. I'm just pointing out. Yeah, yeah. It, it shows no clinical benefit. It was so funny as well because he was he was taking it for so long, and he was saying, you know, I've taken this drug, and you know, I'm fine. I haven't had COVID or anything, and now he's contracted it. And I think the U didn't the US buy almost the entire world's supply of hydro- hydroxychloroquine in, like a few, a few months yeah, ago. Yeah, like some initial tests showed like a slight improvement in patients and they just went ballistic and bought it all. But realistically, yeah. it doesn't actually provide any clinical benefit. <laughs> Do you think this will affect the election? Like the, the, the mere fact that he got, he has corona, let's say he gets mm-hmm. over it. Do you think, how do you think this affects him? Uh, I think... To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't have corona. I would I honest. I, I wouldn't be surprised that, if this yeah. <laughs> is a political stunt, like that he gets corona, he recovers super quickly, and he's like, "You see, I'm 74, I'm obese, I got corona, and I'm fine." I could totally see that happening. That was my literally my entire like my first thought was whether or not he has coronavirus. This is the president of the United States. He's not going to die from it. You know what I mean? They will literally they will bring some 
medicinal stuff that's you know there is waiting for the general public in 2040 back to 2020 just to give it to donald trump and make sure he's the president stem cells from fresh fetuses yeah yeah exactly something weird like that they they, you know they will make sure this guy 100 percent recovers and when he does all he's going to do is just point out his lunatic followers and say look i got it i'm fine the conspiracy that i've been talking about was true all along you know don't wear masks and go back to work that's it I can see that happening. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I actually, yeah, I, uh, I actually, I, I don't know. You don't know what to believe anymore. That's the thing. Yeah. Right? Like you just don't know what to believe. You just have to make your own judgments. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens in the next couple of weeks. I think he said, they said he has mild symptoms today. That's uh, right, right. what, uh, is what was written in the news. Uh, but also we need to remember that I think this is like a virus that only affects like less than 1% of the population. So statistically speaking, you know, Although he is in a higher risk group, still a very small amount of people um, for the whole general population. People play the lottery, Yusuf. We still have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I want to bring up, yeah? Brother, brother Biden with, uh, and his inshallah movement. I don't know if you heard him. Like, was what is... he trying to say that? Did you have the clip, yeah, So You know what? Let me, let me find the clip. Hey, the clip. I'm pretty sure he says inshallah. But let's see. But it's like I forgot what he said. But he said something, and then inshallah, and then Trump gets uh, the coronavirus. <laughs> God was on his side, I guess. Uh, oh, then let's see. I'm asking you a question. Will you tell us how much you paid in federal income taxes in 2016 and 2017? Millions of dollars. You paid millions of dollars. Millions in, of dollars. So yes. not seven hundred millions of dollars, and you'll get to see I, it. I, and you'll get to when? see it. But let, but let me just tell you. But let me just tell you. But let me just tell you. Oh, yeah. So they're talking about Donald Trump's tax returns. Yeah, yeah. So they're asking him, when are you going to officially announce your tax returns? Because obviously there was that, you know, uh, article that came out, which basically said he spent 750 pounds on, you know, Well, that's a taxes. PlayStation 5. That's nothing. <laughs> yeah. And this guy is a billionaire who's talking about how he's going to drain the swamp and how they're stealing from you, but he doesn't pay his taxes. And, um, yeah, so he, they were asking him when. And uh, weirdly enough, Biden just dropped Inshallah. It was out of context. He did, I don't really know when. Inshallah, he said, which I don't he think has, he knows he what has, it means. But he, in the past, he has pandered to the like, Muslim uh, Americans. So do you think that was pandering then? I think so. I think so. Because he's, uh, he's done it in the past. He's had previous interviews where he mentioned specifically teaching Islam in school, which is... I, I, I don't know. It's a bit weird. So. He, he he does do weird stuff. He did once say, uh, I think he said to Charlemagne, uh, "If you don't vote for me, then you ain't black." So he's, yeah. he yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he is a guy who's kind of he does pull those things out out of nowhere where he will just he will just drop a line here or there. It's a bit like with Hillary Clinton. I think uh, Tony was saying it when he was on, where they asked her, "What do you like?" And she went, "Oh, I like uh, I like Beyonce, uh, chicken wings, and hot sauce and stuff <laughs> like that." And she, you know, she yeah. she just pulled nah, what. Yeah, what stereotype can I can I just say here to make myself more relatable? So I think maybe he was doing a little bit of that, but that's kind of why I rated Theresa May a little bit when she was prime minister because they asked her a similar type of question and she was like, "Yeah, like what's the craziest thing you've done?" And instead of saying like, you know, go to a street party or a warehouse party, she was like, "I ran through a field of wheat." As a kid. <laughs> that was the craziest thing. At least she didn't try and relate to anyone. You exactly. Know, she's just, yeah, she's at being least, honest. Yeah. At least she was honest. We can we can say at least she was honest at the very least about that and nothing else. But yeah, about that she was honest. <laughs> Bro, wild times, but um. 
Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. Let's see what... All right, last words, right? Prediction time. It's time for the end of season prediction. Yusuf, what's going to happen at the end of the election? Who's going to win? What's, what's the outcome? Okay, okay. So I'm, I'm going to base my outcome on, uh, on statistics, right? So uh, there is a group in the UK, you should check them out. Uh, I think they're called the Oxford, the Oxford Economic Group or Oxford Political Group. And right. they uh, publish uh, basically um, studies on who they think will win elections. And they've, I think, successfully predicted 17 or 18 of the last 21 American elections. So they've got a pretty good track record. And they're saying that Biden is going to win. Uh, oh, wow. So, so I'm. So this, I think I read this about a month ago. So maybe I don't know how, if it's changed or not. But they predicted that Biden was going to win in a pretty big, a pretty big way. Is what they said. Uh, so I'm going to go for a Biden victory. But I do think that there on election day, there's going to be trouble at the poll booths. I can see armed militia showing up to poll booths. hundred percent of that. I can see that happening. I think that if Biden wins, I think Trump will refuse to go for the first week. And I think he will try and get the Supreme Court, who is now, which is now very conservative uh, leaning, if the new Supreme Court judge gets passed through. I can see him trying to tap into that as well. Um, potentially, I could see standoffs in cities as well between left wing and right wing militia. Uh, mm. Because I think it's just going to be, again, if you like, I, I think it's good to look back at the George Bush um, Al Gore election. It was just anarchy in the US for like a few weeks. I mean, no one knew what was happening. You know, mm. no one knew who won the election. And that is basically the same situation, except people are more riled up and people are more armed. So yeah. who knows? Yeah, that's my prediction. So in that cool. outcome, the loser was the, the de- Democratic side. And so uh, it didn't lead to a full-blown war. But if the, in this scenario, if now the, the uh, Republicans lose, the ones who carry, you know, the AK-47s and the GTA rocket launchers everywhere, <laughs> it can be a, it can be a, a lot scarier, I think. All right, Aaron, what's your prediction? Go. Uh, my prediction is that it's going to be a lot closer than everyone thinks. Maybe because some votes are stolen. Maybe because there's some intimidation at the poll booth. So I think it's going to be very close. But nonetheless, Joe Biden is going to win. Donald Trump is going to keep repeatedly saying, "Oh yeah, they cheated. They're very bad people, folks. They're very bad people," and all of that nonsense that he always says. Where he's very vague. Um, There'll be, as Yusuf said, standoffs. There might be some clashes. By the end of the day, military will get involved where needed. And uh, Joe Biden will end up president. And it won't, it won't escalate into a full-blown civil war. I don't, I don't see that happening. Not in this day and age. And uh, yeah, I think, I think it will end up being Joe Biden. Let me tell you how it's going to happen here. All right, let me tell you. Uh, tell us, Steve. Yeah. I'll tell you. Yeah. This, it's going to come down to election day. Shenanigans. Ballots being thrown everywhere. It's just going to be a mess. No one's going to be in, 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 in favour. Big civil war. Outside parties get involved. 50 years down the line, Xi Jinping is the, the chairman of the American Communist Party. I said it, boys and girls. When you it comes first, to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, start learning Mandarin. Xi Jinping is going to be the winner. Uh, Steve, if that happens uh, in 50 years' time, uh, and we're not all in internment camps, then I'll give you £50. <laughs> Sounds like a bit, yeah. Actually, sorry, one more thing I was, um, was going to bring up, actually, which was, uh, there's a really interesting article I was reading about, you know, how this uh, presidential debate was like a big failure for America as, as a democratic model. And they were, they were kind of banging on about how it's an embarrassment to the country overall. 
no matter if you're left wing or right wing. Uh, I think one thing that I did actually was uh, I went and looked at the Kennedy-Nixon debate of 1960 because it was a very similar circumstance there where the, the Cold War was at its peak and the same way COVID uh, is at its peak in the US, a very important topic. And I swear to God, if you look at the way those two guys debated versus the way the debate happened uh, between Biden and Trump, you think you're on another planet. Like it's just the most well-mannered debate I've ever seen in my life. And that was kind of dubbed like why American democracy is so great because two people listening to each other's views and contradicting each other, not this kind of yapping that we saw the other day. Anyway, this is for another topic one day, but I I feel like we're seeing this kind of behavior all over the world and it might be a sign that there's, there's a need for a change in the political systems. I don't know what it is, but maybe we're reaching the end of this like fully democratic model, but Anyway, that's for another episode. Uh, I guess we should say thank you to the listeners for listening to us ramble and conspiracy theory. Uh, hopefully, Xi Jinping won't be in power, um, but but we'll see. Maybe Trump is worse. And uh, yeah, if Xi Jinping does find this recording in fifty years' time and he is the leader of the American Communist Party, this is all Steve and Steve alone. I, for one, think you're a fantastic <laughs> leader. Vote Xi Jinping if you if we have the right to vote at that point. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Uh, yeah thanks for listening share comment subscribe all of that goodness you know if you have family members share it with them anyone that you add to this podcast really helps us so yeah thanks a lot guys for keeping support with us and thank you yusuf for coming on uh obviously you'll come on again in the future and it's pretty pretty good episode yeah Uh, steve why didn't you say who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand that was bloody brilliant and they told me I'll take your annual leave while you're on furlough. And I was like, do I look like a fucking dickhead, mate? I'm not going <laughs> to use, annual... use my annual leave while I'm on furlough. Are you all right, bro? So I came back and I had like 30 days. Uh, yeah, I just blitzed through them in August. Steve, I think you should have taken. I think you should have taken a, a leaf out of Aaron's book there. Fucking uh, Airbus forcing you to take, uh, yeah, you to take holiday. <laughs> Boy, they sent me an email saying, guys, you don't have to. And I said, I said, I'm not even reading the rest of the email. I'm not taking it. You get the hell out of here. But I don't have to. I'm not doing it. Get out of here. Bro, can you imagine they forced us? Like, you didn't have a choice. They were just like, yeah, this is happening. Boy, Crazy, take that with my lawyer, please. <laughs> Let me get the union head involved in this because I'm, I'm not here liking what I'm hearing right now. Aaron's like Stalin, isn't it? Proper communist, like old school. Bro, I'm not, I'm likes, not having it, bro. I'm not having it. <laughs> Steve Steve said bend over for the bourgeoisie. Never, mate. Never. (laughs) You you postmodernist scum. (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God, if this plays an ad. Oh, God, it's playing an ad. For God's sake. Let me. uh, What is this? Bro, I don't know. You can't even find out about a massive political thing that's going on without listening to an ad about. I don't know, where's this yogurt, sweatpants? I don't know, they're taking off a helmet now. Well, I don't is, know what's going on. This is, they're taking data from you. This is the kind of stuff you like. So, Aaron is yogurts and sweatpants. Yogurt and sweatpants, I don't know, boy. That's a bit, okay. <laughs> boy, hot. Hotter, gets comfortable. Okay, uh, here, okay, so here's the clip. That was bloody brilliant.